I'm J.L. Fields, the host of the weekly radio program, Easy Vegan. I need you. I need monthly supporters to help me continue to bring vegan messages to airwaves and to podcatchers everywhere. When you support me on a monthly basis, for as little as a dollar, you could get anything from a weekly email from me to an entire meal plan for you, maybe even an online cooking lesson. Go to easyveganradio.com to learn more. Welcome to Easy Vegan. I'm your host, J.L. Fields, coming to you from Studio 809 in Colorado Springs. Welcome to our listeners in Janesville, Wisconsin. I believe some of you are now listening in Florida. And from wherever you are, when you're tuning in via the podcast, I welcome you to the show. If you are a new listener, please catch up with previous episodes at easyveganradio.com. This is episode 139, so there are a few shows you can listen to to uh, get inspired on your vegan journey. And today, you are certainly going to be getting inspired. Before I get to our guests, however, I wanted to do a little check-in and let you know that I will be in Durham, North Carolina this weekend for Triangle Veg Fest. Join me on Saturday morning. I will be on a panel discussion with Andy Tabar, my very good friend. We will be talking about food and body shaming in the vegan community. Later that day, there will be no food or body shaming in my cooking demo when we eat some yummy food from the pressure cooker. And then on Sunday, I'll be doing a another cooking demo, this time with an air fryer. So if you are in North Carolina and near Durham, I hope that I meet you this weekend. I will be in Madison, Wisconsin on September 8th for Madison Vegan Fest. So you can catch up with all of those things and my events at my website, jlgoesvegan.com. But let's get right to it this week. My guests today are Tracy and Mary McCorter, a daughter and mother who have just released their latest book. It is called Ageless Vegan, The Secret to Living a Long and Healthy Plant-Based Life. Tracy McCurter was named a national food hero, Changing the Way America Eats for the Better by Vegetarian Times, and her first book, By Any Greens Necessary, established her as one of the most influential vegans in the country. Tracy directed the nation's first federally funded vegan nutrition program and was a nutrition advisor for the Black Women's Health Imperative. As an adjunct professor at the University of the District of Columbia, Tracy designed and taught a plant-based nutrition curriculum for the District of Columbia public school system to help prevent and reverse childhood obesity in Washington, D.C. She recently created the first-of-its-kind free African-American vegan starter guide. You may recall she was on the show to talk about that. In partnership with Farm Sanctuary, her work has been featured in The New York Times, The Washington Post, Essence, Bon Appetit, Ebony, Veg News, 
The Washington Post, and more. Her mother, Mary Davis McCurter, is a 30-year vegan who continues to be healthy, fit, and active into her 80s. She has been retired from Covington and Burling Law Firm for 20 years and has been an active volunteer for more than 40 years helping children, abused women, mentally ill adults, and families in need. Mary also co-founded the Community Support Network, a nonprofit organization that developed programs to serve the needs of her community for more than 20 years. Mary has also worked with her daughter Tracy to teach vegan nutrition classes for seniors in Washington, D.C. As an avid quilter, Mary currently teaches quilting classes at her local senior wellness center, where she also takes exercise classes five days a week, twice a day. Welcome to the show, Tracy and Mary. Thank Thank you for having us. I love that I got you two in the same room, and I'm so excited because, Tracy, I feel like we were, well, we were just together at the uh, Animal Rights Conference and a women's conference before, and it was so great to see your face um, (laughs) and to have you back on the show, and I'm thrilled about this new book that you and your mother wrote together called Ageless Vegan, The Secret to Living a Long and Healthy Plant-Based Life. Tell us, how did you decide to write this book? Well, I was thinking about, you know, what my second book would be. And as the time went by, um, I realized that we were approaching our 30th vegan anniversary. So for me, for my mom, and for my sister Maria. And I thought, well, you know, maybe I should write about that and talk about that because there aren't um, that many books written from folks who've been in it that long. And so then I thought, well, you know, my mom's not been out here, uh, you know, nationally talking about her experience and, and it would be wonderful to have people hear her perspective as a vegan from 50 to 80 and counting. So I asked her if she would um, be a part of it and she reluctantly agreed. <laughs> oh, Mary, I'm so glad you agreed. You know, I went vegan when I was 45, so I love hearing these stories. And what I really love, and I hope that people picked up on this, when you said that you, your mother, and your sister, you said, we are approaching 30 years of vegan. Not a lot of people in a family can say that. And in your book, you both talk about your vegan journey. But I'm wondering, Mary, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about how you went vegan? Sure. Um, I guess it started with my being uh, uh, addicted to sugar. Mm. And um, I was, uh, I guess I should tell the story first. I uh, grew up on a, on a farm in South Carolina, so we grew vegetables and fruit. And, and uh, so we didn't eat that very much meat. But after I graduated from high school, I came to live with my sister, my older sister, Manolia, and uh, started eating more processed foods. And I noticed that uh, I was having chest pains. And I went to the doctor and he told me not to eat as much fried food. So that went on for about a month or so. And I went back to eating, you know, my regular food like fried foods and I was still eating vegetables but not not no not as much as I was eating in South Carolina so um, when I became pregnant with my first child I wanted to have a, a healthy 
pregnancy, so I started reading about how to uh, eat better to have a healthy child. I read Dr. Spock's book. Mm-hmm. So, and um, but then I started working at a law firm, and I was eating pastries every day, and I baked a German chocolate cake, and I ate the cake by myself because my daughters weren't interested in it. <laughs> <laughs> and I ate the cake in two days, and I became sick. So I knew that I had a problem, so I started by going to Overeaters Anonymous. My sister was always going, and there I realized the reason I was eating because I was stressed because I was bringing up three children on my own. I had finally um, just recently divorced working and bringing up three children. And it was stressing me out, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I was medicating with sugar. So with Overeaters Anonymous help, I was able to uh, give up um, the pastries and and the uh, sugar. That's incredible. Um, I know a lot of people who've had really great experience um, using uh, Overeaters Anonymous. So that's really, it's, it's always great to hear another um, story. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but um, go on. Yes. So the um, next journey on, on my uh, becoming uh, a vegetarian vegan was uh, I had um, uh, read that um, eating processed food uh, was linked to uh, cancer risks, and so I gave up pork and processed food at that time. And um, fast forward about 10 years, I ate one pastry, and that led to another and another. Uh-huh. So I was back to uh, being addicted to sugar. So I realized that I had to give it up completely, and I was able to do that because I had done it before. That's incredible. So um, I was 47 years old, and one of my brothers died of a heart attack. And three of my cousins, they were all in their 50s, died of a heart attack. So uh, I was reading uh, about how red meat contribute to heart disease, so I gave that up. I was looking at PBS one day and they were doing a program on how chickens were processed Mm. and they were saying they cut off the bad part of the chicken and sell the rest. So I had chicken in my freezer so I immediately went there and threw all my chicken out. Mm. And so uh, by that time uh, Tracy had come home from college and uh, she was talking about going uh, vegetarian. So, I mean, I wasn't quite interested at, in the beginning because I was still, I was still eating fish and, and dairy, especially cheese. Those darn but, uh, daughters coming home vegetarian. Yeah, <laughs> from college. But we, we uh, started reading, uh, you know, all the books that we could. And there was a, a community of black vegan established within our neighborhood. So we started going, taking lessons. And, and I learned how bad fish was and how um, uh, polluted the water you know, they, they swam in, so I finally gave up fish. And then uh, I went to my doctor for my annual physical, and I told him I had become a vegetarian. 
and I was, I was still eating cheese. So he told me that if I were going to become a vegetarian, I should have given up cheese first because it had more concentrated fat than the meat did. Hmm. So it took me about a year. So I gave that up. And that's how I became vegan. Oh, that's amazing. And it's really amazing that a doctor uh, 30 years ago would say that to you. That's really yeah. encouraging. And I love um, the the piece where, you know, you were on your own journey with your own health and, and what you were learning about what was happening with animals. And meanwhile, I know because I've had the... the the privilege of hearing Tracy talk about this herself, that Tracy, you were also going sort of through this transformation as well. And you had a pretty profound experience in college. Do you want to share that with us? Yeah, our black, I went to Amherst College and my sophomore year, our black student union brought Dick Gregory to campus to talk about um, politics and economics and social, cultural, historical state of black America at that time. And he decided to talk about the plate of Black America and how unhealthfully um, most folks eat, and um, you know, we did we knew him as a civil rights icon. We did not know that he had been vegetarian for at that point 20 years because of his his practice of nonviolence during the civil rights movement that he extended to animals. So he was he was already 20 years into his journey, and at that time, that's what he was that's what he was going around talking about. Um, uh, in particular to college students and so that uh, him talking about that and graphically talking about how a hamburger is produced um, through the slaughterhouse process and all of that leading to a heart attack just kind of blew my mind and I was going through a paradigm shift at the time myself um, taking all of these classes political science and courses and classes on racism and sexism and imperialism, um, uh, classism, heterosexism, all of these isms. And so, you know, I was, I was ready to hear that, that the way that society dictated I should eat should also be questioned. Mm. Um, and so that's what happened. That's, that was the spark. But, you know, my mother, I'll just say this too, really quickly, JL, that my mother, um, really planted the first seeds so I was familiar with the concept of healthy eating because of her um, interest in health and you know not wanting us to and her not you know her getting over her addiction to sugar we didn't have sweets in the house right. we didn't have a cookie jar we didn't have candy we didn't have sodas um, we also had whole wheat bread and skim milk. You know what I mean? Yeah. So as omnivores, I think we were pr probably healthier than most growing up. And I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> didn't like it, but you were open to... Um, but there was. Yeah, I love that. There's so many things going in my brain right now. When you're talking about University of Amherst and then the, the studies that you were doing, I remember when I was in college... Um, that we, uh, Bailey Jackson, who uh, came up with the, uh, the the systems of oppression where they were doing trainings on college campuses. It was like, that's the first thing that I was thinking of as you were saying that from the University of Amherst. And then what I loved was that a, a campus that was so in tune to the importance of having this dialogue and discussion would bring someone like Dick Gregory on campus and then bam, you guys get a vegan message, which is just genius. Right. Well, it, it was Amherst College, so you may be referring to University of Massachusetts at Amherst. I am. may have been more liberal yes. than Amherst College at the time. I'm, in fact, I'm prob that's probably, 
uh, an understatement. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good you know, point. <laughs> but, you know, so that's an important distinction. It was our Black Student Union that brought him. Yeah, uh, for Kansas. sure. Thank it's you for awesome. bringing that up. Yeah. And I love that you dedicated <laughs> your book to Dick Gregory, which I think is really wonderful. Um, and there's so many great things that you guys are saying that I think is it, it really falls in line with what this book is about. And again, uh, my guests today are Tracy and Mary McWhorter. They have written the book Ageless Vegan, The Secret to Living a Long and Healthy Plant-Based Life. And I think here it's living a long and healthy life, which is the important part. And thinking about the work that you've done with children and our children and um, and food and nutrition, and that you have both experienced 30 years of veganism and are experiencing incredible health as a result of that. And imagine if a seven-year-old, a 10-year-old today started to live that way. Ima- gosh, what are they going to be, 150? <laughs> right, right. It's true. Um, so tell me, um, what what would you say, uh, Mary? What what's your secret to living a long and healthy plant based life? I think along with eating uh, a vegan diet, uh, a healthy vegan diet, I would say, because uh, when I first started, we didn't have all the processed stuff that they have now. So it would so we had to make everything from scratch. Mm-hmm. So our food was, I guess, healthier. Than, than what's on, currently on the market because we didn't we, that wasn't they didn't have that at the time and along with eating uh, a vegan diet uh, I'd also do uh, exercises every day. What, what uh, kind of exercise I, do you do? I do aerobics, Pilates, Tai Chi, yoga, uh, stress training, um, Weightlifting. Weightlifting. So, <laughs> okay, I think it's important to remind everybody how old you are, Mary, because that was a pretty impressive list. Could, do you mind sharing your age? I'm 82. I just turned 82 in July. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone who just said you don't have time to work out today, get that together. <laughs> Right, and JL, it's, it's, it's six days a week, twice a day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. And Tracy, what's your secret to living a long and healthy place? It, it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that. I'm getting there, though, because I will be 52 uh, next month, and, um, you know, I don't snap back like I used to. So, um but yeah, so I think for me, um, it's it's definitely you know eating healthy foods. You know, like you can't out exercise a healthy diet. So nutrition, exercise, relaxation, de-stressing, uh, laughter, you know, socializing, spending time with loved ones. All of those things are crucial and important, and all of them rank up there. You know, very closely together. And of those, nutrition is number one. So that's a foundational thing. Um, and I and uh, so, you know, that's number one. And then the other things that I try to do every day, I have a something that I call sacred seven that I try to do every day. And that's eating includes eating well, yoga, meditation, journaling, having fun, helping others, and um, laughing. I think I've gotten all seven. Maybe that's six. But but that's I try to do that every single day um, so that, and, and, I'm, and at the beginning of my day. Um, and so that's my ritual. 
Well, what I love about that is that it's a reminder that it's not all just one thing. I mean, you both are talking about a really holistic approach to how you're living your life and that you're, you're being intentional about not just what you put in your body, but how you treat your body with exercise, how you treat your mind and your spirit. And I think that's a good reminder for all of us that um, sometimes we're looking for one quick, easy fix, but we are far more complicated than that, right? <laughs> right, right, right. So I have to ask, you know, as, as a fellow Hello, um, book author. I have to ask, how was it for you to to work on this project together? Mom, you want to take that first? <laughs> As Tracy said, she had to convince me <laughs> to write this book with her because I didn't think that people would be interested in my story. So, so, but after. Uh, we talked about it, and I agree. It 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 was it was a lot of fun. We learned uh, a lot about each other. I think that we didn't didn't realize in and um, making the recipes, developing the recipes together. That was a lot of fun. A lot of hard work, yeah. <laughs> trial and error. You know, yeah. But, but we finally made it, and it yeah. turned out to be great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And I think, you know, uh, for my mom's chapter, I, I interviewed her for, for several hours over the course of, you know, a few days and had somebody transcribe it um, so that it would be her own words, you know. And I really learned a lot about um, her struggles with sugar. I mean, I knew about it, but I didn't know the, the depth you know, of it, um, and, you know, it was just really, it was just really interesting to me, and just made me, you know, kind of pat myself on the back to say, I, you know, I'm glad I asked her, because this, this needs to be heard, mm -hmm. you know, we don't hear this from women who are um, in their 80s, and who started in their 50s, um, from black women, um, you know, women who are healthy, and uh, I mean, you know, nothing. We're we're not a hundred percent, but you know, we're we're doing the the best that we know to do, and it's working for us. Um, and so, I think just hearing that mother daughter perspective, um, and being able to go through the journey of doing the of doing these chapters together and the, and the recipes was was a really, you know, learning uh, a really good learning experience for us. And how special that you did get to know each other and, and probably not just your stories, right? Like when you're talking to each other about the story, but um, also probably watching each other work. Like I think a lot of parents and children, they don't get to see what they're good at, right? On a daily basis. Like my mom doesn't know what I do on a daily basis. Um, and so like to get to, to see each other's work ethic and how you approach things, I'm sure that was kind of an interesting thing to happen too. Yeah, definitely, and and um, you know, teaching over these over these past years, teaching uh, vegan nutrition classes in the city. Um, my mom has been an assistant, my teaching assistant, my classroom assistant for a number of years um, in doing this. So we have worked together, especially teaching seniors about going vegan. So. Um, you know, we're we're close knit, tight family. We're supportive. We're always, you know, doing things together. So um, that helped that we knew each other well. You know, we knew what our <laughs> strengths were and what and where we needed each other 
to hold the other one up. Sounds like a good partnership. Um, yeah. That's that's awesome. And I'm, I, I think we have to get to the food, right? I mean, because not only is this book really a guide on healthy living and, and, and really inspiring. And I, I like how you talk about laughter being an important part too. I mean, you can just feel sort of joy as you read this and about the introduction to living and eating a vegan uh, lifestyle and diet. But then of course, there are a 100 recipes in it. So I'm going to ask the question every cookbook author dreads, which is, uh, what's your favorite recipe in the book? Oh, by far, it's the pecan pie. Perfect pecan pie. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Tell us about it. What makes it special? It's not only special because it's a dessert, because my mother made the best pecan pie, and I wanted to veganize it. So in doing that, it just brought back so many wonderful memories of my mother. And uh, and I think that's what makes it so special. Well, the the it's beautiful. <laughs> By the way, for those of you who get the book, it's on page two seventeen, and it's absolutely gorgeous. And and you that's that I think for a lot of people when they're thinking about going vegan, and then they'll give themselves all the reasons not to do it. And one of them will be you know, but you know, I have all of these food memories and and uh, connections to what my mom made or my grandma made. And I love that your approach is, so I decided to veganize it. And I think that that is where the vegan world, I mean, like, listen, you guys have been vegan for 30 years, so you know you've been able to veganize things for a very long time. But the times have definitely changed, I'd say, in the last five to 10 years. And it's there's really no excuse to not try to veganize anything at this point, right? You want a vegan egg? They literally have a vegan egg in a carton now. <laughs> Exactly. Um, exactly. <laughs> Everything is vegan now. So, right. I mean, it may not be the healthiest thing, but it, it helps you get to, over the bridge, you know, mm-hmm. from omnivore, omnivore to vegan, um, at least. So, yeah, absolutely. It's just easier now to be vegan. 100%. And Tracy, so you agreed that the, <laughs> the perfect pecan pie is the, be- yeah, the favorite recipe. Is. So how about a second the favorite then? Yeah. <laughs> um, Probably the, it's another pie, but it's a vegetable pot pie. Um, And that for me is uh, my favorite because that pot pie growing up was one of the only ways that my mother could get me to eat vegetables without complaining. Um, And so we wanted to to go way back, right, with this this book and kind of make it a, you know, um, just bring some of our childhood favorites along with us, not just our vegan favorites over the 30 years. So I really wanted to figure out a way to get a a delicious, creamy vegan pot pie in there that was also um, pretty healthy. So I I would say that one. But, you know, again, it's between two pie crusts. (laughs) And I feel like my first book, you know, was all about the, the kale salad and I was always talking about vegetables but now I'm just like you know what it's two pies <laughs> well can I just say your your first book by any greens necessary is one of still to this day one of my favorite cookbooks because you do make very healthy eating very accessible but I uh, and so for our listeners as you're hearing about this book so not only can you find a perfect pecan pie can you find a vegetable 
pot pie, but you can also get a chia berry breakfast pudding. You can get peach barbecue tempeh. There's a quinoa with okra and tomato, lasagna with mushrooms and eggplant, and even a Thai coconut curry soup. And the reason I'm rattling all of that off to say is that what I feel like you've put together here in this book is what I love about vegan cookbooks, which recognizes that we are all motivated by different flavor profiles, by different food Mm -hmm. memories, and that there can be a way to take any kind of food and make it a healthier version. And this cookbook 100% does this. But I want to remind everyone, it's not just a cookbook. I really feel like it is a guide to anybody um, who is trying to, to transition together. And we just have such a short amount of time left. And I just wonder, um, and either one of you can take this question, but if a teenager, or let's rephrase that, a freshman uh, from college comes back over the holidays to tell mom <laughs> that she's now a vegetarian or vegan, what advice do you either one of you have to either the mother or the daughter? <laughs> uh, I'll take this one. I would say to be open and embrace it. Don't constrict, uh, but but stay open and just explore. Because even if you uh, and your daughter or son can't go vegan together, when your child comes back um, or you or the parents and you know you're not willing to do it um, with your child you can just add you can just start exploring vegan recipes and just add to your current repertoire so just be open 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 and uh, be curious you know great advice. I want to thank my guests today, Tracy and Mary McQuarter. They are the authors of Ageless Vegan, The Secret to Living a Long and Healthy Plant-Based Life. Keep up with them on Facebook at Tracy's page. She's Buy Any Greens Necessary, the website buyanygreensnecessary.com. Tracy and Mary, thank you so much for joining us on Easy Vegan. Thank you, Jail. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Easy Vegan. Come back next week. 